بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم we continue the explanation of عمده الاحكام and we have reached uh, the hadith number 33 and uh, we are talking about methods of uh, state of um, purification from uh, janaba from sexual عن عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها قالت كنت أغسل الجنابة من ثوب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فيخرج إلى الصلاة وإن بقع الماء في ثوبه وفي لفظ لمسلم لقد كنت أفركه من ثوب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فركا فيصلي فيه عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها سد كنت أغسل الجنابة I used to wash it the جنابة of the clothes of Allah's uh, here she refers of course to the many to the semens uh, I used to wash it off the clothes of Allah's messenger and he would go for the prayers while water spots were still visible on them and uh, on the narration reported by Muslim, she said, when I saw that on the garment of the Messenger وسلم, I simply scrapped it off, and he offered prayer while putting that on. The narrator is Umm al the mother of the believers, Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. And uh, her biography was explained in the previous narration. And the subject of the hadith is explaining the manner of removing the semens from the garment. Explaining the manner to remove the semens from the garment. So when she said, I used to wash al-janaba, she referred to the semens. And she saw those, she saw that, uh, she referred to it as water spots. The overall explanation of this hadith. Aisha radiallahu anha narrates the manner of Removing the semens from the clothes of the messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, that sometimes she used to wash it, and sometimes she used to simply scrap it off. So, if the semens, if the if the the spots were wet, she used to wash them. If they were still wet, she used to wash them. And the Prophet ﷺ would go to the salah and the spots of water on his garment before coming dry or becoming dry. And that when the spots were dry, she used to scrap them off. 
to remove them. And then he, alayhi salatu wasalam, used to go without washing them, without washing them. The benefits of this hadith, the benefits of this hadith. First benefit is, the semen is pure. Because had it been not as such, it would not have been purified by mere scrapping. So the semen is pure. Secondly, what's legal is to remove its remain and the manner is to wash it when it is wet and to scrap it off when it is dry. And if the person washes it even when it's dry, then that is okay. Three, the merits of Aisha radiallahu anha because of her serving the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And in this, there is another great benefit. How would we know about all these matters of purification? Had it not been for the mothers of the believers? Who related to us the very private life of the Prophet and so we learn from that a great deal of knowledge regarding matters of worship which are very particular and very private. The second hadith second hadith, hadith number 34 عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إذا جلس بين شعبها الأربع ثم جهدها فقد وجب الغسل وفي لفظ لمسلم وإن لم ينزل and the hadith reported by Abu Hurairah رضي الله تعالى عنه the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said when a man sits in between the four parts of a woman and did the sexual intercourse with her, bath becomes compulsory. Taking a bath becomes compulsory. And in the narration by Muslim, وَإِن لَمْ يُنزِلْ Even if he does not ejaculate. The narrator, the narrator is Abu Huraira, رضي الله تعالى عنه. Again, uh, the biography had been given in hadith number two. The biography of Abu Huraira had been explained in hadith number two. The subject matter of this hadith is explaining the ruling of uh, taking a bath from sexual uh, intercourse, following sexual intercourse. So here in this hadith, when a man sits between the four parts, the four parts of the woman are meant here, 
her hands and her legs. <coughs> and then, ثُمَّ جَهَدَهَا Meaning, then he indulges in the actual intercourse. And therefore, in, under this situation, bath becomes compulsory, even if he does not ejaculate. Because this effort of sexual intercourse is sufficient that it requires taking a bath so that the body refreshes its activity. The benefits of this hadith. That the sexual intercourse entails taking a bath upon the man and the woman, the spouses, whether there is ejaculation or not, whether ejaculation takes place or not. Second benefit, permissibility to resort to indication rather than explicit uh, descriptions. Because the term used in the Arabic, jahadaha, this indicates the sexual intercourse, but not explicit. The Hadith 35, next Hadith. عن أبي جعفر محمد بن علي بن الحسين بن علي بن أبي طالب رضي الله عنهم أنه كان هو وأبوه عند جابر بن عبد الله رضي الله عنهما وعنده قوم فسألوه عن الغسل فقال يكفيك صاع يكفيك صاع فقال رجل ما يكفيني فقال جابر كان يكفي من هو أوفى منك شعرا وخيرا منك يريد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ثم أمنا في ثوب ثم أمنا في ثوب وفي لفظ كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يفرغ على رأسه ثلاثا In this hadith of Abi Jafar, Muhammad bin Ali bin Al-Husayn bin Ali, the son of Abi Ibn Abi Talib, عنهم, may Allah be pleased with them, that he was with his father while I and my father were with Jabir ibn Abdullah. Some people asked him about taking a bath. He replied, a sa' of water. A sa' of water. And the sa' is uh, 2,040 uh, grams of weight of, of, of wheat, of good wheat. This is the equivalent of the sa'. So it's about two uh, uh, you know uh, two liters <coughs> about two liters of water roughly so <coughs> he said a saw so a man said a saw of water is sufficient to you so a man said a saw is not sufficient for me is not sufficient for me Jabir responded a saw was sufficient for one who had more hair than you and was better than you, meaning the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And then Jabir put in put on his garment and led the prayer. And in one narration, the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam used to pour on his head uh, three handfuls of water. And this was narrated earlier from the hadith of Maymuna. 
the narrator. The narrator, the narrator is Abu Ja'far Muhammad bin Ali ibn al-Husayn bin Ali bin Abi Talib al-Qurashi al-Hashimi rahimahullah. He is from the Tabi'een, from the successors to the companions. He is from the Tabi'een. And he is known by the name Al-Baqir. Al-Baqir. لأنه تعمق في العلم وتوسع فيه. Because he went in depth concerning seeking knowledge. وكان ثقة فاضلة. And he was a trustworthy and virtuous person who died in Medina. Died in Medina. سنة بضع عشرة ومئة ودفن بالبقية. Around 110 after Hijra and he was buried in Al-Baqiyah the subject matter the subject matter the subject matter of this hadith is the amount of water needed to take a bath the amount of water that is sufficient for ghusl the amount of water which is sufficient for ghusl the biographies of some of those who were mentioned in the hadith. Ali ibn al-Husayn. Ali ibn al-Husayn. Who is the father of Abi Ja'far. He is also from the Tabi'een, from the successors, a trustworthy faqih, Jurapudist, and a devout worshipper. Known as Zaynul Abidin. Famous for the name Zaynul Abidin. He died the year 93 after Hijra. Died 93 after Hijra in Medina. And he was buried in Al-Baqiyah. He was buried in, buried in Al-Baqiyah. The other narrator is Jabir bin Abdullah. Jabir bin Abdullah. <coughs> he is the son of Abdullah. Bin Amr bin Haram al-Ansari al-Sulami radiyallahu anhu. He witnessed the Aqaba, of the pledge of the Aqaba. And he shared in the battles with the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam. All the battles except the battle of Badr and Uhud. Where his father prevented him so that he can stay with his sisters. And when his father was martyred, in the battle of Uhud, he married a previously married woman so that she can stay with his sisters. Afterwards, he did not leave any battle except that he shared in them. He narrated many narrations from the Prophet والسلام, and he used to have a circle of knowledge in the Prophet's Masjid for hadith and for knowledge. Jabir bin Abdullah died in Medina the year 74 after Hijra. 74 after Hijra. So Jabir had a circle of knowledge in the Masjid of the Prophet in Medina where he used to teach hadith and knowledge. And he died in Medina, Sanat Arba was in the year 74 
after after Hijra. Radiallahu anhum ajmain. About the man in this hadith, about the man in this hadith, this man is Al-Hasan bin Muhammad bin Ali bin Abi Talib. Al-Hasan bin Muhammad bin Ali bin Abi Talib. The man mentioned in the hadith. Trustworthy Tabi'i, from the Tabi'in, from the successors to the companions. He died around the year 100. He died around the year 100. And his father is Muhammad bin Ali bin Abi Talib. Or referred to as Muhammad ibn al-Hanafiyya. Muhammad ibn al-Hanafiyya in reference to his mother. In reference to his mother, Khawla bin Ja'far. Khawla bin Ja'far. She was one of the captives of Bani Hanifa. She was a captive from the captives of Bani Hanifa. It was towards Tabi'i. This is his father. A trustworthy Tabi'i who died in the year 80 after Hijrah. The year 80 after Hijrah. The overall, overall explanation of this hadith. People used to sit <coughs> to Jabir in the circles of knowledge, receiving knowledge from Jabir bin Abdullah. And in this hadith, Jabir narrates, or in this hadith, Muhammad bin Ali bin Hussein narrates that he and his father, Ali bin Hussein, were with Jabir, and there are other men, where there, there were other men present also. So, Muhammad bin Ali asked Jabir concerning Al-Ghusl, concerning how much water is needed to take a bath. So Jabir said, Yakfika sa' sufficient for you is a sa' and we know now the sa' it's about two thousand forty grams of uh, the good um, uh, bur good uh, of, of good wheat, equivalent to almost uh, two liters plus. And uh, here the Prophet والسلام, used to take a bath using this quantity. And he is the best example. So Al-Hasan bin Muhammad bin Ali bin Abi Talib said, La yakfini, this is not sufficient for me. Why? Because he had a lot of hair. Because he had a lot of hair. So Jabir responded strongly that it used to be sufficient for someone who had more hair than you and better than you in taqwa, in piety, and in seeking reward for completing the ghusl or completing the purification referring to whom? to the messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam it is as if he is telling him in kana sa'u la yakfika li kathrati sha'rik if the sa' is not sufficient for you because of you have too much hair then the prophet alayhi salatu wasalam had more hair than you and if it were not sufficient for you for seeking uh, completion 
of and perfection in your in your in your ghusl and the prophet sallallahu was better than you in that yet even so he used that quantity and that quantity was sufficient for him and he used to pour three times on his head then jabir led the salah uh, led them all in salah he put on his garment and led them the prayer the benefits of this hadith the keenness of the salaf to follow the sunnah even in the quantity needed for purification And that the, the sa' is sufficient, the sa' of water is sufficient to take a bath from janaba, from, from sexual defilement. Thirdly, the permissibility to pour the water on the head three times in, during ghusl, during ghusl. Fourthly, Responding with harshness sometimes if it is needed against those who may oppose the sunnah. If it is needed and if there is a maslaha, if there is a benefit in that. Because he said to him, that was sufficient for someone who is better than you. For the one who is better than you. Referring to the Prophet ﷺ. And he led the prayer in one garment. And therefore this is indicates, this indicates the permissibility of performing the salah in one garment. If it covers the person and shields him. Even though he is an imam. Even though he is an imam. This brings the end of the discussion of this hadith and <coughs> inshallah ta'ala in the next class will be the uh, uh, there will be the discussion will be on at-tayammum chapter on tayammum dry dry ablution that will be in the next chapter inshallah alhamdulillah wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam